Good morning and welcome to Monday in Manhattan. This is our weekly broadcast from City Administration to keep you in the loop. You can find out more about local government at the city's website, cityofmhk.com. Good morning. It's Monday in Manhattan. Jared Wassinger here with Jason Hilders. As always, uh, we got a city commission work session uh, tomorrow night. We're talking Aggieville with the city commissioners. Really focusing on 12th Street, Jason. We have some design concepts from Olson, who is our uh, consultant that we're working with for the Aggieville Redevelopment Project. They have some ideas and drawings, real pretty pictures for us to consider and digest uh, for 12th Street, uh, mainly is what we're focusing on. And this is 12th Street between Bluemont Avenue and Morrow. Uh, The primary stretch that we're really going to focus on with amenities and streetscape is really the stretch between the alley and uh, Mora, which uh, for those of you unfamiliar, we're talking outside of Taco Lucha and Solongs and Tanners. That, that, that really, uh, that'll be the first big streetscape. And then as well, Bluemont Avenue, uh, where the new hotel is being constructed. So what we're going to do is pull up some pictures that we're going to uh, share with our viewers on uh, Facebook Live uh, so that they can see. And then we'll uh, try and digest and describe those to our listeners on the podcast too, so that they kind of know what we're talking about. And if you want to Come back at a later time. You can definitely see these on our Facebook Live recording. And we'll share some links in the podcast as well. Yeah, our main objective uh, Tuesday night with the commission is to get some direction on just exactly what they would like to see and how much they would like to spend. So we have three concepts for the commission to consider. Uh, those are going to range anywhere from about $1.75 million to about $1.5 million. Uh, roughly about a hundred thousand dollar increment for the three scenarios. Uh, the image that you see now is really on Bluemont, and this is primarily sidewalks. We're not going to remove or replace the street. Uh, this is really about the sidewalks out in front of Coco Bolos, Starbucks, and the new hotel along Bluemont. Uh, we've heard from the ownership on the north side of Bluemont that they would prefer the city not make any improvements uh, to the sidewalk. The hotel recently built a sidewalk that they have. Uh, They're pleased with it. Um, If the commission decides they'd like to install some bricks uh, in different segments along the north side, then we will. Uh, But we want to make sure the commission understands the Bluemont Hotel is pretty happy with their their current sidewalk. I assume the reasoning with the pavers and a little bit of the, you know, green space sprinkled throughout is just to keep a consistent feel, Jason, so that, you yeah. know, you're kind of in Aggieville. And- exactly. You know, Bluemont's a main corridor for Aggieville. There's a lot of folks. I think we have close to 20,000 people, uh, 20,000 vehicles on Bluemont every day. And it's just an arrival point. It, it would be an yeah. indicator to uh, any visitor that we would have or any citizen within the community that you've arrived in Aggieville and there's a consistency there. So that's why we're on the north side of Bluemont. Uh, the commissioners will have to tell us how they'd like to proceed, but some of the more significant improvements uh, will be adjacent to the hotel. We're talking new trees, planters, uh, bricks. There'll be bands of concrete that'll separate the bricks. Um, give it a nice real feel from the street uh, as an onlooker or even as a pedestrian walking along that corridor. Uh, it's going to give you a different feel than you have today. 
um, our plans really then turn the corner and head south on 12th Street. Before you do that, mm-hmm. go back just one second. Can you talk to, a little bit about the pedestrian crossing there? I know that's an issue. It is an, It is uh, a topic that has been brought up several times. So there's a large median at 12th and Bluemont, and some of our pedestrians are using that as a um, safe passage. So they, they reach the median, then they wait for traffic to clear before they then take on the next half of the street. Uh, I know our public works director and our city engineer have been out there to take a look at it. There have been lighting concerns. There have been, hey, can we put up a hawk system here or a push button to get to get pedestrian access? It hasn't reached that level for our public works department to support that, uh, but it's definitely something we're going to keep an eye out on. As we make these improvements and make these ped- areas much more pedestrian friendly, it may be an area we revisit and try to gain when you, uh, safer access. When you say it doesn't warrant uh, some type of signal or crosswalk, push walk button, um, that's due to the number of people crossing that street, I would assume? Mainly due to the investment we made just one block to the west. So you can walk over to the Bluemont Hotel entry. And you have a full signalized intersection you with do. crosswalks you and do. safety and yes. all that. So okay. we've, we've made a, a significant investment there. And it encourages pedestrians to go. And a lot of pedestrians do cross uh, North Manhattan, Bluemont, Anderson uh, intersection on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. So this crosswalk is just not used as much. Uh, And if if you're a pedestrian that really wants that safe passage and based on a signal, uh, you can walk the block to the west. It just hasn't reached the point where we're going to do this. Because if you do it here, then you go into 11th and Bluemont. Are you doing it? At least we have a signal there. There are push buttons. So yeah. you, you either, you really a block either way, and you have safe passage. And when you look around campus, we have a lot of areas where we're trying to funnel our pedestrians to. So we don't have to put infrastructure at every crossing and every mid-block yeah. uh, around campus. So this just kind of fits into that approach. So we'll head down south on uh, 12th Street. If you're in this area today and going to Stickles or you're going to uh, the convenience store or even further south to Tanner's and Taco Lucha, you're you're noticing construction. So the hotel is occupying some lanes of traffic on Bluemont. You turn a corner on 12th, they're occupying uh, what used to be some parking stalls for their construction trailer. So there's a lot going on there right now. And where we're headed with the commission, there are three options to look at just how to build this out. We anticipate construction starting this summer. Uh, we would like to initiate that project, get as much done during the summer as we can. So when school starts next fall, we're pretty isolated to the work that needs to occur around the hotel. We met with a hotel last week. They told us They don't anticipate occupying and opening the hotel until April of 21. So that gives us um, roughly about a year to get all this work done, uh, both the streets and the sidewalks adjacent to the new hotel and the sidewalks and streets south of the alley uh, to Morrow. We have a water line we need to put in. We have a new stormwater line we need to connect. And then we come back with options on how to finish the streets and the sidewalks. So the streets and these concepts you see on the northern half, it's concrete. Uh, so it's it's back to the pavement that it basically exists today. You get south of the alley, the first option involves brick pavers. 
there's an inverted crown on the south half, which means water would drain towards the middle. They would put a drain out in the middle of the roadway and basically not have curbs. Now, this would allow pedestrians to flow in this area out of the businesses onto the street. And we could actually block off this half block and tie it into some of our future improvements in Aggieville. If you recall, south of Morrow, between Morrow and Laramie on 12th Street, there's a pedestrian-type mall as a concept with no vehicles. So there could be opportunities to use this half block along with that next block in the future for an entire pedestrian corridor with no vehicles. So we're laying the groundwork for some of that today. That's an option for the commission. It's obviously the most expensive option. So we're at about 1.75 million. Both sides of the streets get a lot of treatments. There's trees and planters and bushes on the east side adjacent to Tanner's. And then on the west, I'm sorry, on the west side. So on the east side next to Lucha and um, so long, you see shade, shade structures with planters, with bushes and flowers and some uh, landscaping there. Uh, so the pedestrian environment is much different than it is today. Today, you have 10 cars that are parked, five on each side of the street, narrower sidewalks, and two lanes of traffic. We're taking off uh, both sides of parallel parking, widening the sidewalks to allow for the amenities that you see in the image and that we've described previously. And we've, we've talked about this in previous conversations, but for, for the people who are new to some of these ideas, can you give a basic why is the city spent like considering spending money on this? What is what is the tie-in there for public dollars? So our infrastructure in Aggieville is is old and it's deteriorating. We could look at concepts that just come back with what is there today, and the city would be spending close to a million dollars on this project. Yeah. So we've taken the opportunity over the last five years with the community to go through a vision process, adopt plans, and give direction to our consultants to go ahead and start designing these things. Um, so we've been through a lot in terms of public process. We had two different community surveys, which we reached out to over 5,000 people in both of those, or around 5,000 in both those surveys, had great feedback, went through a pretty detailed uh, design process for 12th Street, held some meetings in the pavilion, got some great feedback uh, about six, eight months ago. Since then, they've been working on these three scenarios that will then set forth that investment for this summer, fall, and spring of next year. So like I said, we're coming back with new infrastructure one way or the other. The community and a lot of the feedback has pushed us to enhance and make that better, uh, more pedestrian-friendly, more amenity-friendly. Uh, it's, pretty, it's pretty hard and, and rough in Aggieville today. Uh, there's not a lot of soft things in terms of trees or bushes or, or planters. Uh, so th this would it'd be a new element uh, that we've um, obviously come up with. Seems to be supported in the community so far. The commission really is at a point where they're gonna have to start making the tough decisions and you either go back with an 800,000 million dollar infrastructure or we're offering three options between 1.5 and 1.75 for the commission to react to. Mm -hmm. It definitely enhances the area and it, it changes the landscape and streetscape that's there today. And it's an opportunity. Uh, knowing the hotels going in, knowing future develop redevelopments will occur. Uh, and as we make our way through Aggieville, this sets the tone for the type of improvements that we anticipate making.
you touched on it a little bit, but all this in public infrastructure that we're talking about it, it is maintained by the city. So from from storefront to storefront, those sidewalks are city property. So, you know, in other areas and other uh, business districts, those are private. Uh, the, the property owner is in charge of making those investments, whereas Aggieville and downtown, those are public sidewalks that we maintain. Uh, so this is kind of why the city is making that investment as opposed to uh, each property owner doing their own thing. And then this, of course, gives it a consistent feel uh, throughout the district uh, that the city's taking that approach for. And I had the pleasure of walking through Salina recently. They have done the same thing in their downtown. Manhattan did the same thing in its downtown, you know, 10 years ago. We were heavily involved with that. Uh, lots of different concepts, investments had to be made. But going into Salina and Lawrence and Wichita and Kansas City, you find these districts where there's a large amount of public infrastructure and communities make decisions to go ahead and invest in those areas. Then they become attractions, not only for your community, but for others in the state and even outside the state. We get a lot of visitors that come into Manhattan creating a, an attractive area for people to, to come and shop and eat and spend their time has really been the thrust behind a lot of the improvements that we're making. Jason, along um, the east side of 12th Street, you notice the, the power lines are still there. This is a discussion that's come up, and you've had some conversations with Evergy about uh, the timing to possibly bury power. Um, and I guess, could you give a little feedback on why we're not necessarily addressing those now and how difficult it is? Is it later, even though we've come back with the, this uh, this infrastructure to possibly do that in the future, so that power lines aren't here, um, you know, and, and you kind of take away that clutter? It's a comprehensive approach, uh, and when you deal with electricity like this, that serves so many different types of users between commercial, office, and residential, making changes at this point. Um, could be cost prohibitive to private entities. Uh, each of these buildings is served from a different capacity. And when we talked to Westar about this, their recommendation was wait until the potential redevelopment north of the alley from 12th to 11th occurs before you get into this too deeply. If that project were to move forward, where the gas station, uh, Popeyes, Popeyes, bank. what's the liquor store? Mc, oh, Rickles, Stickles, or Rickles, Rickles, yeah. liquor store, and uh, Stickles is the dry cleaner, oh, and then is the dry cleaner. and then so K, is the yeah, K State Bank. So that half of the block, and it's not to suggest those uses go away, but there's an opportunity potentially to you know incorporate them in a redevelopment type project, but would go vertical, so you'd have three, four, five stories in addition to what's already there, move that parking to the rear or in a garage and then facilitate some sort of larger project. That would be the opportunity then to come back in in the alley and bury, and, th and that would impact uh, the infrastructure that we have overhead on 12th Street. So it, it's a difficult topic because you can't just grab sections, little sections, and mm -hmm. just put them below grade. When you talk to Evergy and used to be Westar, there's a comprehensive plan and, and an approach. And 
unfortunately, you can't just grab half blocks and put them below grade and then get to the next half block. There's a much more comprehensive and they want to deal with infrastructure in larger chunks. So it's easier for them to manage. Uh, that may put us a little bit in a delay for reaching that visual um, amenity, but it, it's something that we feel like if we get some dominoes to fall in our favor, we might have an opportunity to bury the overhead in Aggieville at some point. One thing you'll notice too, uh, related with this image is, um, you know, along uh, the east and west sides of 12th Street, where you see a lot of these amenities, uh, you got some limestone planters, shade structures, trees. Today, that's where cars are parked. So we're we're eliminating those 10 parking stalls, as you said, Jason, which actually extends this sidewalk from what existing today, probably six feet to more of a 10 to 12 foot sidewalk. Um, and then uh, you can kind of see, um, as I change slides here, it allows for a little adjacent businesses to do outdoor dining, uh, you know, to put some fenced off areas. So where you can still have a, a clear five foot path for pedestrians to meet. ADA, and then have some of those outdoor dining amenities um, that you see in a lot of other districts like this. Yeah, we, we have 60 feet between building to building, and our two lanes of traffic are probably going to be about 12 each, so 24 of the 60 uh, comes off. So that leaves, you know, 36 feet, so you, you've got close to 18 feet on either side um, that we can occupy. Uh, obviously, the, the and maintain the ADA access, but occupy other space with planters and, as Jared described, a lot of streetscape and landscape amenities. So those first three, are the, the, these options. Now you get into the B option, and and it starts to you start to eliminate some of the amenities. So you notice the brick is gone on the street, and it goes back to a a concrete pavement. You got curbs. And gutters so it'll be a crown and the water will traditionally go back to the gutter and then the inlets um, that costs a little less for us to do that you lose Not a little substantially though no i mean you're a hundred thousand dollar difference uh, and you lose a little of that pedestrian uh, feel in this half block uh, we still maintain the pavers uh, on the sidewalks and, and the shade structures and all the all the amenities. This one really it, it just moves the brick and the inverted crown to a, a crown street with concrete and curb and gutter. So there a lot of the similar amenities. Uh, it's about a one point six million dollar option, a little bit little bit more than that, but it's not it's not a whole lot different than what you saw in, in option A. Uh, options go ahead here yeah just to kind of clarify for listeners and viewers on the difference between your standard curb and gutter street where uh the water would basically flow towards uh the sidewalks towards the kind of the businesses it would hit the curb roll down the street and then go down those storm inlets that you would see on 99 percent of our streets today out in front of your homes whereas that inverted crown that water is gonna it's gonna kind of make a v and it's gonna fall towards the center, but then you're not stepping off of a curve when you go onto the street. It's a flat surface from really storefront to storefront. And our engineers have some concerns on the inverted crown. Uh, those those um, drains can get plugged. Uh, there's debris and, and leaves and different things, so they'll have to be cleaned a little bit more often. Um, ice and, and snow can plug them, so in the wintertime you can have uh, a pile out in the middle of the road 
more often uh, than than not. It's a little bit difficult, more difficult to plow. So our plows don't necessarily tip to the to the middle. But in Aggieville, we do, and like downtown, we usually push the snow to the middle and then haul it off. It's not your traditional push it to the edge and let it melt in Aggieville and downtown. So that one's not as as big of an issue. Um, but just the capacity to hold the storm water. Um, there's a lot going on, a lot going on underneath the streets uh, in our infrastructure to try to move water uh, in and around Aggieville out of that area a lot quicker. So there's some bigger projects in the future that will help with that. And we're trying to tie that in as we do these two. And you mentioned it earlier with, with this inverted crown approach, you know, you have the flat surface from storefront to storefront, which for special events in the future, you can, you know, that it has plans for to be able to put up uh, temporary bollards that could actually close off traffic at the alley, and that way no vehicles could get through. And then, of course, you mentioned the idea of moving forward on 12th Street when you go uh, south of Morrow Street near where now is Fat Shack and Kites and uh, Fuzzies used to be there. That's going to be a, a plan for a complete pedestrian area that is always closed off the traffic. So this design this first design option a is really going to uh flow really well with the future design of 12th street just some small things they're just pet peeves of mine we won't have these amenities that close to morrow um we still have to accommodate truck traffic uh, and when you think about downtown some of our fourth and points we still have trucks that rub up against some of our curbs get over the top of the curb and drive you know on the sidewalks so we want to make sure these turning radiuses are, are wide enough and there's enough clearance for trucks and, and larger vehicles to make a turn. Mm-hmm. It is focused on the pedestrian and we love showing these images. We're, they'll probably just be scaled back a little bit at the, at the corners of the alley and the corners of Morrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they won't be right up to the edge of Morrow just like they're described. Just have to accommodate that, that traffic. And you don't want trucks and, and larger vehicles or even a smaller vehicle to run over your amenities and and damage some of the things out there so probably have some curves on that and and some different things to hopefully keep uh, folks from driving over it well option c what's the difference so yeah option c you can see the trees went away next to tanners Uh, but we're back in there with bushes and flowers Um, the streets basically back to where we were in option b so it's concrete with curb and gutter um, we are attempting some pretty elaborate uh, planter areas underneath the sidewalks to allow those tree roots to grow. So there's a substantial savings if we take the trees out and some of the subgrade uh, improvements to allow those trees to mature. If you go with the option um, A or B of planting trees, um, you know, are we putting in you know fresh new little twigs that are held down by stakes it can be snapped off at a given moment by a you know a passerby walking down Aggieville or are we gonna purchase some more mature trees what, what, what's the kind of plan surrounding that so there's there's a couple schools of thought there uh, the larger the tree that you put in the ground uh, that it doesn't have as much of a ability to survive so the smaller the tree, the actual, the healthier it will be moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some caliber of trees, and they usually go by one inch, two inch, three inch, four inch. The higher caliber you get, the longer that tree's been in a, you know, in the ground, and now you're removing it to this environment. So there's some stress on trees. There's some things about street trees in these environments that are just difficult to do. 
Um, so the smaller caliber actually gives you the better chance of survival. If we throw in some larger trees, we're going to wrestle around with possibly having to replace those. But you throw in a good comment, Jared, and just our pedestrians, are they going to mess with our trees? Are they going to try to snap them in half? Um, this, this environment today doesn't have a lot of trees or green, probably for a very good reason. There's times when there's a lot of 18 to 23 year olds out there that, that may um, not appreciate these improvements as much as everybody else. So I think we're going to end up around a two or three inch caliber tree. I could be wrong, but clearly that tree won't get much higher than 25, 30 feet. So it's not going to be like a sycamore or a, a large pin oak. Uh, it'll, it'll tap that about 25, 30 feet. And there's a lot of great street trees we have in the community that I feel like would work well here. We'll need to work with our city forester and our city crews in the parks department on what they'd like to see and how those could be maintained moving forward. But yeah, option C, obviously you see it without. And those are the three that will come to the commission. We'll show them the budgets. We'll show them the options. And hopefully they'll give us good solid direction because we need to move forward with that final design. We'll have a construction contract on the agenda February 18th. Uh, we're recommending we go with McCown, who was already through the vetting process on the garage in Laramie. It's going to be a similar product here on 12th Street. And then we'd like them to start this summer uh, with construction. Uh, to make these improvements uh, in, in Aggieville. And you, you talked about the, the cost for the first two, but not the third. Yeah, it, a, it's about a 1.54 million. Yeah, we, okay. we, we come down another 100,000 uh, from option B. So okay. like I said, anywhere from 1.5 to 1.75 for the three options that we have uh, before the governing body on Tuesday. Thank um, you. Yeah, you bet. So that's that's the main thrust of the conversation. Um, March 24th, we're coming back with more information on the parking garage and the parking management plan for Aggieville. They'll probably have some preliminary stuff uh, for Laramie Street between North Manhattan and 14th. Be a new signal at 14th and Laramie that we'll talk about on March 24th as well. So that's moving along simultaneously with this project. As a reminder on paying for the project, uh, you know, a lot of people recall the Aggieville um, was part of the 0.3 sales tax initiative, um, which did not pass. So we did have the tax increment financing district that has been put into place, uh, which is supposed to generate about you know, 15 to 17, 18 million dollars over a 20 year period. And for those a little bit unfamiliar with tax increment financing, once that district is established, you set the base valuation of all the properties within the district. And then as property values increase over time, you capture the property tax revenue on those increases in valuation, whether that be the annual maybe 2 to 3% valuation increase you see on a property or as an example right now uh, where the hotel is constructed, that piece of land, which is basically just dirt, isn't necessarily worth that much. But when you build a eight to $10 million hotel, you see an increase in valuation on that piece of property, which generates a lot more property taxes that can go towards these improvements. So really right now, what we're looking at with the tax increment financing revenue, there's enough projected revenue uh, over the 20 years to pay for the parking garage, Laramie, uh, the 14th street area you were just talking about that we'll come back with in March, as well as 12th street and Bluemont. So we're gonna be looking at other 
funding scenarios uh, with sales tax initiative, the economic development sales tax that's been talked about, which will cover here probably later on another Monday in Manhattan and really go and dive into those details on, because there's a lot more phases that we want to accomplish and and see these uh, growth options occur, especially along Morrow and then south of 12th Street. Yeah, that initial 16 and a half million that Jared described, which is 12th Street, Laramie and the garage, about 11 to 12 of that can be covered by the TIF. Uh, We're trying to leverage another 3 million through new market tax credits. Uh, so then that leaves us, you know, a gap of a million, million and a half uh, for the rest of um, those improvements. We might be able to tap into the 800000 that we leveraged for the lot next to Starbucks to help with that. Uh, we may be able to benefit districts. There's some city, water, street and sewer money that we could put into this potentially. Commission would have to concur with that. But it may end up having a little bit of bond and interest property tax impact as well. Um, we are excited about the hotel. We're also excited about there's several other projects in the works for Aggieville. Uh, and we're hearing from folks that are interested in doing some, some projects, making some investments for retail, office, and some residential. So all of those projects have the potential to actually make our TIF proceeds even higher yeah. than originally projected. So um, we'll keep an eye on that and we'll, we'll, roll through all those financing scenarios for the commission Tuesday night as well. Yep, you can tune in live on Facebook for the city commission work session where we'll dive into these uh, designs for 12th street. Uh, next Monday, we're going to be sitting down with Chad Bunger, our assistant uh, planning director for community development. And really going to talk about the housing study. That was a discussion item with the city commission uh, last week uh, and moving forward with uh, an RFP request for proposals to hire a consultant to do a housing market Uh, analysis and policy strategy for the community so if you have any questions about that please let us know tune in have a good week thank you